This is just a quick notice to say that as I am doing this now, it's half past seven in the morning where the results are more or less all in. There may be one or two still to go, but we already know for a certainty it's a hung election. What I want to add is when I started preparing this at shortly after one o'clock this morning, there were only just the first few results in out of the hundreds to go. It was anything but a certainty certainly in terms of what they were saying but for those of us who have sort of been paying attention this last few years I think it was uh, a foregone conclusion and um, here's why Welcome, it's currently the 9th of June in the small hours and the title is Why the Conservatives Call This Snap Election. Now, I know that sounds boring as hell and maybe I shouldn't even call it that, but the point is, my suspicion is that they're not going to win a majority. They may well be the largest party. In fact, as I write this, um, the BBC is saying that they're guessing they're going to be the largest but not have a majority. So I was brought up, led to believe that when a so-called government party or the group of people that want to rule the rest tries to get into power and stay there, that their incentive to do so would be to win any election by as much as possible and then run the country, in this case the UK, the way they see fit. But I was just a kid and a naive adult back then. My understandings have grown, and after thousands of hours of my own research, with nobody telling me what to think, I discovered something else. And that's why I've made this video, because I don't think the Conservatives want to win at all. I want to start with a short quote that's, I think, appropriate for this video. I've no idea who said it. Quote, There's them that know, them that don't know, and them that don't know that they don't know. End quote. I said that with a bit of a Yorkshire slang. I don't even know if it's uh, some famous guy who said it, I've not looked it up, I just remember that quote from being a kid. It's starting to come in, there's nothing surprising as of yet, as I'm recording this, it's nearer 3 o'clock in the morning. Several hundred results still due in, that will be coming in by about breakfast time, which is uh, still three or four hours away for most people in the UK. The BBC is currently predicting the Conservatives will have the largest party, but there's already speculation about a hung parliament. All this hashtag trending on Twitter to do with hung parliaments, and so why is little me... Just an average nobody, an adult for barely half my life, saying that the Conservatives have done their best not to win without actually saying we don't want a majority government. Why? So the situation as of about half past one this morning, the BBC already say they expect the Conservatives to have the bigger party out of everybody. I mean, that may turn out not to be. Although not necessarily a majority, which is required to govern the UK. 
there are then the options of two parties who in combination have enough to rule and form a coalition and take charge. We had that in recent history where the Conservatives and the Lib Dems, became known as the Condems, had to join forces to rule the nation in the Parliament before the Conservatives took the majority, which was just a few years ago. Now, I don't make things up, there's no point. It doesn't help anyone achieve anything, least of all me. I lose credibility with other people. And there's obviously the fact that if I believed my own nonsense, I, well, I'd be going nowhere. But I do have the ability to watch, listen and learn. And this may sound condescendingly obvious, but just allow me for one moment to explain. The leaders of the world today increasingly rely on the fast pace of life and people who are very busy, distracted, worrying about jobs, bills, their children's futures, the football celebrities, and many with some form of addiction, be it recognised or kept quiet. Leaders can easily exploit this, knowing that many people are forgetful and don't have the time or the patience to look up things in any detail, certainly lesser when we're speaking historically. But I have done this. I was bedbound for around 12 months of the last 18 to 24. And rather than just laying there twiddling my thumbs, which actually would have been difficult, I lay there learning. My brain was perfectly fine. It was just, I had no energy. It was, it was, I don't know what it was. And I took all of this time to learn, and learn I did, literally hour after hour, because I couldn't even have the strength to sit up. So, you know, understand. I spent hours every day learning valid information, and by valid, I mean where there's proof. It may be a person gave a televised interview or some sort of statement on TV or YouTube, something like that. It may be some historical fact that is unchallenged by evidence that opposes it, such as even though I wasn't there in World War II, I'm fairly certain that there was a thing called World War II and there's not really many people that challenge that. I'm certainly not saying everything I see on TV must be true. Just bear with me, I'm trying to explain myself a bit. No, am I suggesting that history is correct all of the time, either recent or centuries old? In fact, I actually depend on it not being correct. I've taken this time that I had where I couldn't move, more or less. I know I could move my fingers, but looking for the inconsistencies that that doesn't make sense parts of what we're told be it today or historically and that's where I'll home in I'll level with you I treat life here for me now on earth today like a bit of a detective game it's certainly a realistic and a very serious game but nonetheless I treat it and I've done for a couple of years now like some sort of a mission you come into this world you don't really know anything and you play the game. You get to choose which path you want to take up to a point. You get to develop or level up your character like some might say. To some extent too. 
and especially as an adult you start to get a few choices and as time takes on those choices wind up turning into results, into actions, experiences and then consequences. Some may turn out well, others not and as long as I learn from my mistakes I feel certainly today that my detective game is going on alright. So that's enough about me, I've already gone on too long. Why would Theresa May call a snap election? Well, Labour's in disarray. The Conservatives have their strongest lead seemingly forever. The polls are saying it's obvious. They called Article 50, the so-called Brexit article that needed triggering. They said it would be a good idea to know who's in charge at the time to oversee that whole thing so there's no swapping of leadership halfway through the process. Yeah, 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 I get it. It was a slam dunk. Well, I thought I used to get it. You would want to win the election. You've got the leads in the polls. The cat's already in the bag. The fat lady's already sang. It's already over. It was a bit like Hillary winning the US presidency. It was a done deal. The only thing left was waiting for a bit of time to pass and the official, you know, things to take place. But Hillary didn't win. And... No sooner did Theresa May call this snap election, for those not in the UK, the nation has to have an election every five years, but the governing party, the government, may trigger it at their discretion at any time. So she calls this snap election, I'm thinking, yeah, it's in the bag for a good idea. As far as she goes, she's almost certain to win. That extends the Conservatives' guaranteed rule over the UK, and on and on and on. But then... She gives a month notice or thereabouts, which is, I think, the required time. And then she starts talking about various policies and changes to her party's manifesto. And usually the Tories have always gone after the poor. They've been known as the so-called nasty party. Whether it was zero hours contracts they were promoting, cutting benefits for the disabled forcing people into unpaid work that the state subsidised to the tune of about £1.20 an hour, a slave wage under the guise of work experience. It was the Tories that did it. Not this time. This large group of people that are already outcast by the Tories wouldn't vote for them anyway. It would be like Turkey's voting for Christmas. It's horrific that the year the Tories started slashing the disability benefits by billions... The very same year, suicide rates went up by many thousands. And it did seem, certainly it was never spoken about on the mainstream, I get that, that for every million pound they cut from a budget, another life was lost. And while this has nothing to do with this snap election, the point I'm trying to make here is that the Conservatives, which is... I guess they call themselves the right, although they're anything but, in my opinion, that's all olden day speak. They are certainly sided with the middle classes on upwards and pensioners. Why? Because at the expense of future generations and everybody else, be it schools or the disabled, or just the plain young out-of-luck people who are on low-wage jobs, this party was not interested in you and had no problems letting you know. So why would this party call a snap election then immediately start announcing policies that go against its core voters? Well now, 
this starts to explain a few things, doesn't it? Because the Conservatives have got a huge lead. They announce this Article 50. The main guy leaves and we've got no more cuts to those already literally dying from poverty imposed by the Conservatives. The main guy being David Cameron, of course. So, let's start cutting the health budget, real terms. Nurses pay, virtually frozen for a decade. Let's freeze it some more. Pensions, let's remove that triple lock protection that they had, so-called, because whether it was inflation or the average earnings or 2.5%, whichever of those was the greatest, the pensioners would receive. Obviously, a good deal for those receiving it. Not so good for those bearing the brunt of the costs. And then the final issue, again, core voters, pensioners being a huge number, and we know pensioners go out and vote more than just about any other category of people, care. That's right, care costs, pain for care, elderly care. Sadly, when people get much older, many of them can't cope. It seems to be Western state policy to keep people alive as long as possible, no matter how much their quality of life has deteriorated. If somebody is unable to move a muscle, is blind, deaf, unable to speak, suffering from a battery of other issues like dementia and cancer, whatever else, as sad as it is to say, this person has had their life and is now going to be suffering inevitably with no means of ever getting better, no means of communication who've got little to no idea who they are, where they are, what's going on, yet they do know that they're in pain, and the state will find and spend thousands a day to keep this person alive. Given every treatment that there is, keeping, I suppose, the drug companies very happy, and the hospital appointments booked up. Now, I should never suggest there should be an age cap where government cuts anybody off, no, an age cat where you're denied care, but I do suggest, and you know, I'm just trying to make up for myself here, that in a very small and extremely limited number of cases where we're talking very high cost, very low quality of life, great suffering, where the person has lost every ability they ever had, their mind with it, senses, they're more or less paralysed, and they're suffering various health conditions, especially the painful ones, and you know, other issues like where you lose your mind or... Then these people are sadly not going to recover. And in my opinion, it's cruel to force these people to stay alive and suffer. We occasionally hear these people asking for the right to die or this so-called assisted suicide, and that's something else the Tories have ruled against. I'm sorry, I've gone off topic there a bit. So back to where we were, we had the Tories announcing this snap election and immediately following this they start banding around all these ideas that to their core voters turn them off. Not to mention an idea that would see the internet completely finished in the UK as we know it and turn into a way that would be worse than anything that China's censorship of the internet has ever seen. Let's get to the chase. This is about the EU. David Cameron messed up. He made a big mistake as far as the elite go. In even suggesting that the UK would have a vote on the EU. I'm sure he said something like, don't worry, we will run virtually wall-to-wall coverage on how the EU is great and helps us. And on the other side, wall-to-wall on how leaving the EU would be a disaster. 
there'll be World War Three. He said it, go look it up. There'd be economic collapse within days, the terrorists would win, intelligence would no longer cooperate with Europe, anyone who says leave is a racist and is harbouring more nefarious thoughts and ideas. Go look it up. That's how it was run. So they obviously thought it was in the bag, but to their surprise, people in the UK, as worldwide, have begun to wake up and fast. I'm guessing I'm talking to three groups of people here. Probably not very many people, but nonetheless, three groups of people who were wisely chosen to listen to some other points of view. There's those that want the UK to leave the EU. There'll be those of you that want the UK to remain. And there'll be those that really don't care either way. For whatever reason, maybe you don't live here. Or maybe you've just given up on the whole thing because you think it's all so corrupt and it makes no difference what they've said that you've completely lost faith. Well, I can sympathise with all of those views. And that's not just because I'm trying to suck up to every possible member who's listening. But... Those of you that want to leave the EU, yeah, I agree with you. We need out. The EU is nothing more than a big stepping stone from some free trade zone to an unelected dictatorship, which it's already become. Every time we challenged the EU on about a law, there was about 60, I recall. It might have been 58. But every time we said, no, we don't want this law, we were told, no, you've got to have it. End of discussion. And every time we lost. that's If that's not a dictatorship, I'm not sure what is. They're now on about making their own EU army and da 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 da. I mean, make no mistake. These super states, there's the obviously North America, that's been a you know, super state for a long time. Then there's obviously the EU, and then they're making this Asia Pacific one. What's, um, you know, the, oh, what's it called? The, the, I'm wanting to say brig. The brick. BRICS nations, that's it, the BRICS, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, um, China, those nations. So, we as the UK, we're net contributing over £50 million a day to the EU by net. For those especially in the remain who didn't really understand this, it means after everything we gave in and everything we got back, we are left with a number, that number's called net, and we lost out. We were dictated to with over two-thirds of the laws that were put into the UK were coming directly from the EU. They even superseded our own laws, which meant if we had any laws that contradicted those of the EU, the EU's laws would take precedence. Not only that, the numbers in people coming in immigration-wise was completely controlled by the EU. We had no say, which saw massive demographic changes. And obviously, that puts a strain on services and the finite number of resources that are already here. And we're now dealing with larger and larger numbers of people that often have complex health needs, but also often language difficulties that require translation services, which itself isn't the problem. But I just know from my own experience that they require double the appointment time, which is obviously because everything that's said by either the doctor or the patient needs to run through a translator, and so, of course, they need at least double the time. That's obvious. This has nothing to do with racism. This is to do with, you know, simple facts, which is, unfortunately, why 
people decided to leave the EU. It had nothing to do with hating Europe or Europeans or racism. It maybe did in not point whatever percent of cases, but well, you've got idiots everywhere. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the overwhelming majority of people that thought, I want the best for my future and my kids' future, and that happens to be getting out of a dictatorship that we can do nothing about, that implements its laws without question, that is impunitive to any sort of challenge, any vote, anything. Don't forget, we could not vote for those people. Sure, we could vote for the so-called MEPs, members of European Parliament, but they didn't have the power. The people who had the power were a separate group of people altogether that were not voted, neither in nor could they be voted out. My sympathy for the remainers of the EU, sadly one of these people are brainwashed and don't know it. That doesn't mean if stupid, bad or anything other than brainwashed and I'll give an easy example in religion clearly not every religion can be right, they can't all be right, that's obvious but let's just suppose one could be, I'm not going to name one but if one could be the rest are wrong, failing that they're all wrong but yet every religion will have in it a range of people including very intelligent people my point here which is treading treading dangerously close to being hated, is that if you tell a story, whether it's true or false, it doesn't matter to somebody. Father Christmas, the tooth fairy, Easter bunny, name it, doesn't matter. You're ugly, and you keep repeating it over and over and over. Eventually, the vast majority of people believe that, at least. That's how it used to be. 2016 was different. The UK proved that. The USA proved it with Donald Trump, and for some people, they must be wondering what on earth is going on. For those of us who are a little more aware, simply because we've had the motivation and or ability in time to find out, there's a so-called awakening going on. It's what's known as the mass awakening. And to make up for any previous religious sort of implications I may have just made, virtually all the main religions on earth have predicted this time in their texts, you know, the Bible, the Quran, whatever. And I'm unsure, I'm sure that the names do vary according to each particular faith, but the overall message is the same, and that is that some sort of a golden age would come to earth after some sort of struggle or suffering. There would be some great deception after of which would come this golden age where the people would wake up. Well, in my opinion... We're in the suffering and deception and sure it might get a little bit worse just briefly but the golden age ain't far away. The golden age is not far away and they all know it. The golden age is of course when people wake up and stop being screwed over by a very small number of people who in language that we would understand today are basically running away with all the money. I'm sure one day in the future that statement will mean very little. But for now, <coughs> excuse me, money is king. And if you're in charge of the machine that either prints the money or allows you to type it into the computer, that kind of makes you the king. And we've given that power away, not to governments, but governments have given that power away to central banks that privately owned long ago. And it is the central bank's policies, i.e. the elite, to keep this scheme going because it's brilliant 
you get to lend countries money with interest. You just type it in on the computer. There you go. You know they can't really afford to pay it back. Well, why not? Because you never gave them the interest. You just gave them the loan. So you know next week, next month, next year, they're going to be back asking for more loan, more debt. Show me one country other than Russia that is not getting further into debt every single year. Russia's the only one. Why? Because they kicked out the central bankers and returned it to state control. Which is probably why we say everything is Putin's fault, because he's not playing the same game that our elite are, but whatever. We're all getting into more and more debt. In my opinion, it's a scam, plain and simple, because what happens when you can't repay your debt? You lose your house, you lose your car, you lose your business, whatever. Well, in the case of nations, all their things that were once nationalised, one by one, have to be privatised. For instance, we've lost the railways, we're starting to lose the education system, already kids have to go into extreme amounts of debt to learn, the health service is well on the way, prisons are already privatised, and you know, more so in America. I mean, this is a scheme that up until now has worked well by the elite, but it's starting to fall apart. And while some of you might be nodding off, the rest of you will know exactly what I'm talking about. You will have noticed that time's starting to whiz by, and for quite a few months now. You've noticed that the world isn't run quite the way that we once thought. And you're okay with admitting you were fooled. And you're okay with it because your ego isn't so big it can't handle the fact that you were fooled. Often for decades because you realised, hang on, this makes no sense and I'm going to find out why even if it means that I was lied to and I have to accept that, yeah, I was fooled. And why shouldn't you be ashamed of that? I mean, no, why should you be ashamed of that, sorry? Because we were all fooled, we were all lied to. And for decades, and everybody who genuinely believed what they were told were then telling the future generations these lies, although they didn't know they were lies. So why would we ever have known? Well, thank goodness for the internet, eh? The universe has a way of doing these things. The fact is, people from presidents on down have been talking about this since before Kennedy. Yeah, that's right. Although Kennedy was the last president to speak out, there was a World War II general who became president of the USA after the war, so-called General D. Dwight Eisenhower. Both of these presidents warmed of a global conspiracy that consumed vast resources with mistakes buried, acquiring unwanted, unwarranted power, both financially and resource-wise, you know, oil and that, and land, they operate in the shadows, they're unelected, they're unchallenged, and this didn't just happen this last month, this has been going on for well over a century, and some argue millennia, my point is, the conspiracy isn't a group against a group of petite, but I'll start that again, my point is, this conspiracy isn't against a particular group of people, it's against you, It's against me, it's against every human on this planet, minus the 0.001% who are obviously doing it. The perpetrators are obvious, 
In at least 98% of the cases, they are the people driven around in the back of a black limo. They often have personal armed security details, roads get closed off for them, they're often billionaires, etc, etc. Most of the listeners may be aware of this, but there are still too many people who don't believe this. They think it's a mad, crazy conspiracy. Only mad people wanting money, something to sell or add revenue, or some sick, devious, attention-seeking disorder would ever say such a thing. Now, I do understand that view, because until about three or four years ago, I used to think that sort of view was mad. I honestly did. My answer to them, and to myself if I could go back, is quite a short one. And we're coming to the end here, don't worry. But, the people, presidents, senators, generals, on down, yes, to kids in their parents' basement, and everybody in between who has ever spoken out on this subject are not making it up. They aren't mad, generally speaking, no more so than the general population anyway, but there are concerned about the future of this planet, which is our home, and what a very small number of people are trying to do to it. Now you can mock this if you want. I know it's tempting, it's easy. You can click on the exit button, that's easy. Or you can swallow your pride, your ego, which no doubt you think you don't have anyway. And, well if you don't, be easy then, won't it? And go ahead. Hear this out and then read a website that's been made and contributed to by over a thousand architects and engineers who are telling you, each as an expert, that what happened in 2001 in New York was not what we were told. I know, I know, people rolling their eyes, not this again, sick of this. Have you ever looked into it? By looking into it, I don't mean... Yes, I saw it on the news. Yes, I read what the papers had to say. Da, 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 da. All right, we all did that. We were all fooled that way. You know, some of us saw the documentaries that were made afterwards. And and yeah, you know, we were hoodwinked for a while, as was the military for a while. But they aren't telling you who did it. They're just telling you that the story we were fed by our leaders, media, etc. was a pack of lies. And if that doesn't at least raise your suspicion, then I don't know what will, because these are thousands of experts saying this. Because that single event justified countless invasions, deaths, trillions of dollars and pounds spent, privacies and freedoms stripped like never before. Divisions were deepened and exploited. And if you're not able to see that or see through that when the evidence is just one click away from a group of experts who collectively have thousands of years of experience and they're all telling you the same thing you've got pilots saying what happened was aerodynamically impossible with those aircraft even donald trump himself has said and you can you can search for this as well those buildings were brought down by explosives and not planes Now, I don't want to be right on this, and it really sucks that I am. It sucks that I am right. In fact, the more I looked into it, the more I realised that what I previously thought was was wrong, yeah. What I now know, sadly, seems to be right. However, I ain't going to give up, and nor am I going to be frightened, and I don't want to frighten anyone, because sometimes it's a brief rite of passage 
that one must go through to be fear. But only briefly, because fear solves nothing. But then again, ignorance is just as bad. What we need is strength, knowledge, love, and then unity, a bit of understanding. And I want that for everyone on this earth and for the future. And I want that future brought as close to us all here today as possible. And I'm doing what I can to achieve that. The old way of thinking is how much can I get for me with how little effort. And that might work out well, at least for a while. But when too many people try and do the same thing and everybody's trying to rip everybody else's face off, we all end up faceless and blind. I don't need money, ad revenue, bribes, sponsorships or to be a Putin agent pushing fake news whatever allegations are made about people like me these days, to say, the reason I don't need money for saying this, no ad revenue, nothing, is because I love my world, I love the people of this world, and I want to see it do well and be a better place, because I got to live in it as well as you and everybody else, and the elite will never understand that loving something means you don't need bribing to try and help it. Sure, we all need to live eat, pay bills, like anybody else, that's obviously why many people do ask for donations, but for as long as possible, it's something I don't want to have to do, not because I have some mega ego about it, not because I live well, but because I'm trying to avoid as many allegations for as long as possible that the enemy want to say, and I don't want to give them any ammunition against me at all because my imp- my intentions are pure and that are for the good people of this earth and earth herself. I don't need any more reasons than that, especially when I see good people and earth being destroyed in front of my eyes every single bloody day. And that's the truth. That's what I'm seeing. And I believe that's worth fighting for. And I don't need paying to do so. I really don't. When I say worth fighting for... Yeah, I get it. I could, alright, you can't buy guns in this country, but even if you could, it would be pointless. The best I could do is probably buy a baseball bat if I'm talking physical fighting and go down there. But that does no good. They're prepared for that, believe you me. They are just waiting for people to rise up in some sort of a violent way because they can deal with that. They've been dealing it for decades and they've gotten very good at it. They've got all the latest gear, they've got all the tasers and these energy weapons now that disable packs of people from a mile away and all the rest of it, they know how to deal with that. Here's something they can't deal with. People acting sensibly in an adult way, armed to the teeth with knowledge and information. That's something they don't know what to deal with. And that's why they're trying desperately to come up with all this internet extremism and Putin agents and fake news and on and on and on and on. And all these so-called terror attacks, which I'll leave for another day. But have you noticed what every single one afterwards they're trying to do? Oh, well, we need to curtail people's access to the internet. They're radicalised on the internet. They're communicating on the internet. We need to get rid of privacy. We need rid of encryption. We need to be able to spy on people. We don't want warrants. We want all this information shared between all our... On and on and on and on. And do you... And why do you think this? Do you really think it's to stop the terrorism... Or do you think it's to stop people who are waking up from sharing the word with too many other people because they might not love this world and they might be very selfish and greedy people. That's probably a given. 
but they do have self-interest and self-preservation, if nothing else. They might happily wipe off a million people, like Blair did in Iraq in the Gulf War. It might be easy to just, oh yeah, bomb the crap out of that place, you know, kill a million, who cares? A million kid, half a million kids stuff, oh, who cares? Yeah, the price was worth it, like Madrin Albright said. Yeah, the price was worth it. Half a million died, kids, oh yeah, that's fine. These people are psychopathic to the true definition of the word, but they do have self-preservation and self-interest. And they don't want their scheme falling apart. We might mean nothing to them. We might be like dirt to them or, or, or something that you're standing on the pavement. I get that. But we outnumber you. And if any of you are listening, I know you can pick us off one by one. And you're very good at doing so. And you've been doing so for a long time. I know that. But I ain't scared. And there's a lot of other people who ain't scared. And our numbers are growing every single day. And I know it. We all know it, and you know it, and that's why you are panicking. You are rushing with your plans to try and block these things to stop us from expanding. But you know that we're coming, and it might not be today, it might not be next week, it might not even be in six months, but you know we're coming, and we are coming. And when we wake up en masse, and we reach that critical mass moment where the whole world Do you know what's going to happen? One, a revolution. Hopefully not a violent one. Hopefully that can be a peaceful transition. And two, we're going to have equality. Do you even know what that word means? No, it doesn't mean some socialist, communist kind of hellhole. No. Equality just means that one guy or woman can't take billions, like hundreds of billions... And leave a country full of kids starving to death on the same place at the same... It's disgusting. At the same time, you one person's got more money than they could possibly spend in a hundred lifetimes if they tried. And meanwhile, a few hundred if not less miles away, you've got people on the streets, homeless, starving and worse. It's absolutely disgusting. And I happen to think that this is a beautiful world. That you're trying to pollute and destroy that way as well. Yeah, climate change and all that might be some sort of a hoax. I get that. But the pollution that I see coming out of these chimneys, that is real. The, the All these poisons you're giving, that, oh, don't get me going. Because I will go. But I will go now. I will go. And that's the end And I know some people laugh at that and just think it's mad. And I was as ignorant as that once too. And I know people don't like being thought of as ignorant. And I don't know what other nice way to say it because the evidence is abundant now. You just, if if you don't see the evidence now, there's one of three reasons behind it. You're either in on it in some way, you really are stupid or with some ego that's so big that you won't even look yourself. You'll just listen to a few people saying some things and laugh, but you won't look at any of the evidence that they supply. And here's the evidence I'm supplying. Type in Engineers and Architects for Truth. Google that. Go to their website. Look at the evidence these experts bring. These are kids living in the parents' basement. These are experts. Look up the speech by President Kennedy where he talks about this vast global conspiracy 
President Eisenhower. In the olden days where TV time was so precious, we're talking early 50s, I think. What did he say on his farewell speech? He didn't say, I'm amazing, look at me, look at all these brilliant things I've done, blah, 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 I I great. No, he said, beware the military-industrial complex. Many people have spent a lot of time warning us. Many people have been ridiculed. Many people have died or been tortured to try and tell us, to warn us about what's happening to this beautiful earth and its beautiful people that we all are. And yes, some of us have been messed up, I get that, and some of us had difficulties because of it, and believe me, nobody understands that better than me. But that doesn't mean that it ain't worth fighting for, because it is worth fighting for, and the fight ain't over until it's over, and believe you me, the fight has only just gotten started because, for the vast majority of people, we've only just started to realise that there even is a fight going on. Everybody else has had hundreds of years to plan it in secret. Anyway, it's about time that we respect ourselves and our futures and that of other people, especially those who don't have a voice. If people haven't got access to the internet or they're so poor that they're starving to death right now, let's do it for them as well. And let's do it for all the people who've already passed, who have fought and died for needless wars and all all just in the name of these rich people's bank accounts and all the rest of it let's do it for them all and let's do it for the future as well for the people that aren't even born yet let's do it for everybody and i'm not after revenge either the some of these people are very sick you know they need some help i I get that they need you know i'm not after any sort of punishment or anything granted there'll be a small section of these people that need locking up because and i understand that but most people i am sure know that they've done wrong and there'll be a lot of people that just want to come out with their hands up and say look I I know I did wrong I'm sorry here's what I know and you know let's just try and make this place better for and I get there are people you know we all make mistakes especially when we were younger we shouldn't write anybody off on this we should take everybody on a case by case basis and everybody has their you know good and bad points and it's about you know working with people's good points and building on that rather than focusing in on the bad and trying to divide and make the bad things worse and all that. You know, we can do this and we are going to do it. The only matter is how long and how much time are we going to take before we say, do you know what, I'm going to do something. That may just involve clicking a share button. It may involve typing a few words. It may involve saying a few words or doing a little video it may even involve going out on the street and saying things or handing out leaflets or posters i mean guys girls ladies and gentlemen you know everybody we still have time this is so far from over but yet we could make it over tomorrow if only we all did everything we could on the same day it would be over within a day Yeah, I understand they've got the military and whatever under their command in a legal sense, but do you really think the military are going to take out the entire population of their own country? Come on. We got this. We got this. We just need... We just need to come together. Stop looking at what's different about everybody. Stop that. Start looking about what's the same. Start... Stop thinking about how unfair things are to you. 
Believe you me, I could talk about how unfair things are all day long. Start looking at how... What you can do and what you're able to do and how you can help this world in a good way. It doesn't even have to be in this way. It could just be something like my wonderful girlfriend does. I love her to bits. Just helping little people in ordinary little ways. It might sound like nothing and pathetic to the elite, but believe you me, it's things like that that have got us here in the first place. Just simple acts of kindness. That's why we're even here today. So don't mock anything. Let, let, let's do this and let's get it done. And hopefully in five years or ten years, this will be nothing but a bad memory. And, 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 and hopefully within a generation, we'll have eradicated all of these terrible things like poverty and pollution and we'll have some clean technology and a bit of equality and food for all and you know home and you know uh, i know 